In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Nicole and Jesse Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello, hello. All right, today we are going to be diving into marketing and the pros and cons of marketing to physicians and how that can change depending on the setting that you're in. And Nicole has had a lot of experience over her long career in a couple of (laughs) settings, but wanted to talk about first how you can do this in a hospital-based program like the one that you ran at Hoke Hospital. Yeah, I think that this comes from a lot of questions that we get in the huddle all the time about hospital-based pelvic PTs asking, gosh, like, oh, gosh, like I'm, I'm in a place where now I need to start like putting myself out there, letting them know that there's pelvic PT in this area. What do I do and how do I do that? And so in the hospital-based setting, there's a lot of pros in that relationship building because basically the structure for the relationship is already present. There's usually already a company-wide ethos on how that relationship sort of works. So you're handed the relationship with the doctor and somebody else is maybe setting up a meeting where you're able to go and, and actually put your ideas in front of them? Yeah. So sometimes it's either your boss is setting up that meeting and in, in other instances, and it might be different when when a long time ago, like you said before, <laughs> I was doing this. But, you know, you could be deemed that task to reach out to physicians yourself. But there's still a essentially an obligation based on the hospital system that you work for, for them to have to listen to you. <laughs> So they're going to be referring patients. It's really just about being top of mind with them, touching base, making sure they have at least a bare bones understanding of who you are and what you can help with. Yeah. And there's definitely physicians that need a little bit more education in that area. And then there's also physicians that are super gung-ho about it. And you want to foster that relationship a little bit better just from a personal standpoint as well. So, but yes, but overall, usually in a hospital-based system, there is some sort of already set in place way for you to communicate with them. So you just have to figure out what that is and what the best way to do that is in your setting. And for your situation with Hope Hospital, I know one of the frustrations you had with the hospital-based system is just that it basically enforced a really strict hierarchy where, you know, physicians are at the top and you guys are basically asking them, please give us patients and how can we best serve you as opposed to a true collegial relationship. Yeah, you know, and I think sometimes they try to get it to masquerade as a collegial relationship. And at the end of the day, there's still very much a, oh, please, doctor, can you please send me your patients? And yep, we're over here just doing our physical therapy. And then they're just like, yep, you're next in the queue. 
type of a relationship. And that is, I think that's one of the cons as well is that, you know, you really have to work to get into their, I don't know if I want to say good graces, but you have to work from a personal level to actually almost snap them out of the sort of, what am I trying to say? Like the, the status quo, yeah, the status quo, like the wheel that they're already, they're kind of, kind of in like a little cog wheel. That's like, what do they need to do now? They need to spit somebody to pelvic physical therapy. Sure. Cool. Go over here. And instead of actually one of the challenges is to actually almost like shake that position out of that and be like, no, no, no. Like, can you just like for a second be like, this is pelvic physical therapy. And like, we need these types of patients to be siphoned over here, even though that might not be at top of your mind. So making them actually think critically about who they're referring, when, and why. Right. And not just because they're you're next in the Rolodex. And for those of you who are born <laughs> way later than me, Rolodex is essentially your Gmail list. Your, yeah, your phone contacts <laughs> from back in the day that you could actually touch. So now I remember one of the huge frustrations that you had at Hogue is that you were giving community talks and... Mm-hmm as a physical therapist, a doctor of physical therapy, you weren't really qualified to be able to do that all by yourself. Yeah. So this is, this is actually one of the, I would have like a couple of straws that broke the camel's back for me to actually take the leap and and actually leave Hogue at that time. And one of them was when I had this grand idea to do these community lectures on public health education for patients. So even back then it was more wanting to educate patients on why they needed to take control over their pelvic health. And I was all excited, you know, pretty naive, just out of school, not that long, maybe a year. And I was like, yes, Judith, who's my boss's name. I was like, I have this great idea. Can we please do community lectures to people? Here's my idea. I have this, I have a series that I want to do. And she was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, Hogue has a place for that, but we need to pair you up with a physician in that area so that we can get on whatever the cue was for that topic. And I was like, but I have a doctorate. (laughs) So, like, why isn't my doctorate good enough to be on the docket by myself? Like, why do I have to have Dr. So-and-so over here coming with me who doesn't know anything about the pelvic floor? I'm like, what are they going to say? Well, I bet they give you exactly half of the time too, right? Yeah. I know, right. It ended up being like the first, I'm right. I had high hopes, right? So the first time I'm like, okay, great. I'm paired up with this awesome doctor. He's acting like it's going to be amazing. And all I got up there and talked about was his surgeries and outcomes and how everybody needed to have a bladder sling surgery for incontinence and that prolapse can't be fixed. And if you have a baby, you're pretty much doomed and he can fix you up. And, and then it was just like, and Nicole, by the way, you want to chime in? And I, that was when I was like, okay, I'm had it. I'm done. <laughs> well, and one of the, I would think, how much did they actually tell the patients about physical therapy before they came in? Were, were they pretty active and engaged or was it just, my doctor told me to be here. What do you guys do again? Oh, at the, you mean at the community talks? Oh, at the, at the, at home when people were referring patients. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, and I think this is a common issue for a lot of people, right? Where, you know, when we're talking about whether or not somebody knows that they're going to get an internal exam and all this stuff, right? You're really getting education from your doctor about going to pelvic PT. Well, a lot of times that just means that they're sort of siphoning through the system, right? So it's like the patient is in a very passive type mode. I'm going to my doctor, 
my doctor says this problem can be fixed with either surgery or other and I'm choosing other. So he said I needed to come see you. And but then, only for six visits because that's what my insurance does. Right, right, right. And then now I'm here. And so, wait, what do you do again? Where am I? What building is this? Right. So it's kind of like one of those things where the patient is sort of put in a very passive role based on the hospital-based system that's going on. And then that's obviously filters back into the insurance basis of, oh, your doctor told you you could only come for X number of visits and, and make that they're not there really to get better wouldn't be willing to like pay out of pocket to come and see you. It's just like the next step in their process. Right. And then ironically, even if they would want to pay out of pocket, then it's like $8 million to come to see you at that place. Right. So, I mean, and now we're digressing a little bit, but we always say that, but we actually, as a sidebar, we do try to keep everything like kind of short because we want you guys to be have digestible content so that you don't get bored with us. So anyway, so now here we go. So now we're talking about hospital-based type marketing and what the pros and cons of that are, right? Right, and so the pros are that you're basically handed the relationship. Physicians are in some sense either required or strongly encouraged to be sending patients within the same system, but then you're also creating this real hierarchy where the doctor is the gatekeeper for physical therapy and the patient is really in this very passive just getting passed around to whatever is next in that plan of care. Yeah, right. And, and, you know, I feel like that sort of breeds the sort of lazy physician, right? That's kind of like, yeah, well, this is next in my algorithm. Sure, this person doesn't want surgery. So what's next on my list of things to prescribe? Oh, pelvic PT, here you go. Go over there and try that type of situation. And now how does that change? So you leave home and you start serving as clinical director at a out-of-network outpatient clinical facility. How does marketing change in that setting? Yeah. So marketing actually changes quite a bit in that setting, right? Because now all of a sudden you're not part of that system. Now it's really based on your actual personal relationship with those physicians and, and frankly, their understanding of who's appropriate to send a pelvic physical therapy. And then also because now you're usually competing with some sort of a because most physicians have to be affiliated with the hospital in some way. Now you're competing with the hospital-based situation that we just talked about. And also, are they going to send outside essentially of their sort of normal day-to-day referral system? And why should they do that? So it seems like a lot more understanding has to happen in order for somebody to engage with you outside of their hospital system. Totally. So, and this is great for private practice owners and it can really be a pro of this is that it really doesn't take that many physicians with a decent amount of volume of patients to really sort of sustain your practice. And that's sort of what we saw. There was a handful of doctors that had a personal relationship with the owner of the clinic and then me since I had left the Hoke Hospital right I had taken some of those you know personal relationships that I had built with the ones that I liked frankly and the ones that I felt really valued pelvic PT and so then now we have we have to foster those relationships and then also now market to them and let them know why we're different now all of a sudden it gets interesting why we're different which patients would be best suited to come here and how they can tell if a patient is actually appropriate for physical therapy and in which 
types of situations would it be best for us to sort of come into that patient's plan of care. Right. And also almost setting yourself up against and comparing against what they could be getting within the hospital setting. Right. So it's, you know, just an interesting dynamic and, and having come from the biggest local, having really grown that program and then left it, right. It's like, I knew all of the, the good things and the bad things about that place. And so then your marketing just becomes different about setting yourself, yourself apart from what you now can provide now that you don't have the constraints of the hospital system. Right. So it sounds like you're talking about going deeper with a small number of people instead of going wide and shallow with dozens, hundreds of doctors in your area, depending on where you are and then how many people are around. But it's really more important they foster those few close relationships. Right. And then from that standpoint, you need to determine if you are in that setting, you need to determine the different types of practitioners that you need to have to give yourself a good pool of patients, right? So if you are with a urogynecologist that tends to do bladder prolapse surgeries, then the marketing to that person is going to be much more about how can you support their practice? Can you do maybe a pre-op visit and a post-op visit and at what time? And so the education is much more around what they're doing as surgeons or as physicians and how you can sort of insert yourself into that system. Same thing then with if you're then doing a urogynecologist, then you might want to choose a colorectal surgeon and tell them about the typical diagnoses that can have musculoskeletal basis and then how to best work with them in that way. So my negative business mind comes up with a couple of problems with that approach as well, though. One is I'm sure that you have to kiss a lot of frogs in order to find your one prince or in, in really what we're talking about, you have to buy a lot of lunches and waste a lot of time and money to find the few doctors that you really feel like you have a rapport with and who really get it, understand and are willing to go outside of their established system to get their patients a better outcome. Right. So, and then you guys, we've all been in this situation, right? Where we call up the doctor and we're like, Hey, can we come over and talk to you guys about pelvic physical therapy and how we might be able to help your patients? And they're like, sure, we want this type of lunch. And then you're like, cool. How many people? Well, it's two or three physicians and then 17 staff members that would love to hear all about your pelvic PT practice. And so you go spend a couple hundred dollars and you get the cookies and you upgrade to the expensive ones because you really want it to be nice and bougie for them, right? And so you go there and you have everybody's undivided attention or so you think, and then there's people coming in and out of that situation. It's just the same thing 8 million times, right? And then they, and then you leave and you're like, yeah, I really think we got to them. I really think that they understood. And that PA, that PA really seemed to like be into it. And then you get your first patient after that. And you're like, awesome. It worked. Yay. High-fiving every all around and everything. And then you get your second patient. It's awesome. And then week two hits and it's freaking crickets for the next few months until you go and you be buy them lunch again. And it's just this, gosh, this really frustrating system that it's just like, ugh, guy. Right. That was up in my mouth a little bit. Which was actually <laughs> interesting. That it. was one of the very first things when we started Pelvic Sanity and we we're talking about the marketing side. Nicole was 
adamant from the very beginning that we were not doing that. We would never buy a doctor lunch. And that has been true ever since. Ever since. I was like, I am going to check these credit card statements if anybody in our office freaking even so much as buys a Skittle for anybody, any doctor, I'm going to get pissed off. So the other thing, that's <laughs> <laughs> true story, by the way. Yes. The other thing, it seems like it puts you in a little bit of a vulnerable place if you've got, let's say, you know, three to five physicians that are really propping up your out-of-network practice and that are really, you know, maybe they're referring four or five people a week. You don't need that many great referral sources like that to survive. But on the other hand, if something happens to one of those, that's a really big hole in your business. Yeah. And there was a, you know, an instance where we were working really closely with a urogynecologist and she had some health issues and she got pregnant and, you know, all of a sudden then that really significantly impacted the influx of amount of patients that she was giving us. We had another person that we were working really closely with that whose husband moved across the country and she had to go with them. And so almost within like a couple of months, it was like pumping. She pumped our, our clinic full of patients. And then boom, it was like, sorry. All of a sudden a 40% reduction overnight in the number of people who were coming in. So it was really, you know, it was really dependent on that. And then, you know, just nothing is ever comes good out of acting in a stressful situation. Right. So that was very much uh, the MO of that clinic, right? Where it was just like, ah, craziness. Oh no. Oh no. What are we going to do? Pivot to do something. And then that decision usually wasn't that great also. So when we started pelvic sanity, we very much began with the mindset that physicians would be nice if they came along with us, but we are so much more in the camp of marketing directly to patients. And that's something where we don't want to feel dependent on a physician being able to give us patients. We want to be able to actually control our own business all the way through. And that means marketing to patients directly and not only through physicians. Yeah. And you'll, you'll hear us talk about this as patient centered marketing versus physician centered marketing, right? So in both of those other cases, we typically see in a, both a hospital based setting and really sort of an outpatient, even still that hierarchical type of setting, where you're relying on those referrals to build your business, um, that's we would call that physician-centered marketing, where that's really the priority. And then we really believe now, and what has created a very successful practice is patient education marketing or patient-centered marketing, where we feel like that kills a lot of birds with one stone, right? It gives us the ability to educate our patients on pelvic health care in general. So even our marketing sometimes is like, we actually don't even care. I mean, we care a little bit, but we don't even care if you come and choose us, but you at least need to know that the symptoms that you're dealing with can be musculoskeletal, neuromuscular in nature. Obviously we use patient friendly language to tell them that, but then we make sure that like we're educating on what pelvic PT is, what we can help with, what's common but not normal, all of those things that you hear us say to, amongst pelvic PTs, but then we are marketing that same thing to patients so that they are like, huh, wow, I'm dealing with that. Oh my gosh, I leak when I do double unders. I don't want to do that. What are these people saying? They can help me. 
oh my gosh, let me go and look at their website. Oh my gosh, they're speaking directly to me. That's me. They can help me. From a business perspective as well, that is huge because marketing to physicians in a lot of ways is a zero sum game, right? They have X number of patients coming through their doors and they have, you know, Y number that they are going to refer out. And then you and every other PT place on the street is going to be walking into their door asking for their referral. And so what you're really doing is fighting with other practices over who gets that limited resource, right? With patient focused marketing, we are educating patients who never would have heard about pelvic PT and we're expanding the pie. And so we don't, like Nicole said, I mean, obviously we'd love and we expect a lot of times if we're the ones educating them that they're, we're going to be the ones that they trust and that they want to come and see us. But if that's all that we do is get them to understand what pelvic PT is and they go somewhere else, then great. That's another person in that pie who has pelvic floor issues. We're expanding that. It's not this zero sum game where we're in this competitive mindset with everyone out there. There's plenty of dysfunction and people to help. Yeah. And you guys, I'm sure have heard the term abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. And that's exactly where this comes in. And frankly, the reason why, one of the reasons why we named our, you know, pelvic PT education platform, pelvic PT rising. That's why this is the pelvic PT rising podcast. We truly believe that a rising tide raises all ships and we will all want to be on the ships that are rising, riding with that tide. Absolutely. So the other thing that I think has been really cool about marketing more to patients is that you're abandoning that passive mindset, right? We're getting the kind of patients who resonate with us, who understand and want to be a part of our ethos and what we're doing. They've done their research. They're willing to fork out their own money to get better. And we're just getting a different type of person, somebody who's more active and engaged and honestly, like more fun to get to know and to work with. Yeah, I love that you said active and engaged because they're not literally active and engaged from like a physical standpoint, but they are actively involved in their health decisions. They're the ones that are going to their physician being like, hey, have you heard of this place called Pelvic Sanity? Why didn't you send me there two years ago when I was complaining to you of incontinence? Like that's the kind of physician marketing that we want. We want it through patients. We want to create the best pelvic health within our patients so that they're going back to their doctors and being like, uh, have you heard of this place? Because I found them myself. And just so you know, they're awesome. Right. right. And that's what drives potentially more physicians referrals. Or if another patient comes in and is like, hey, I heard of pelvic floor physical therapy. Do you know of a place now? There's a lot of points of contact now where that one physician may have heard of two or three of his patients coming from our clinic. And now that wheel is now turning. We actually even have a packet that we give to patients. We've been asked about this often enough of information that they can bring back to their doctor, because we do get people who are pretty upset that they've been dealing with a condition for years and a few months of PT and they're feeling better than they have for everything else. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny too, because patients will always be like, oh my gosh, do you know Dr. So-and-so? And I'm like, yeah, I know him well. And they're like, oh, don't you want to go? And like, can you like tell him about, you should really talk to him. I was like, you know what? You should talk to him. That's who they're going to listen to. Right? So here, let me give you a packet and I'll maybe hand write a note on there. 
try not to use very much passive aggressive language of like, thank you so much for sending your patient over, even though I know you didn't. We actually do have a pretty snarky passive aggressive note that we send. We actually have two notes that we send out to physicians. We try not to do this like too much, but sometimes we can't help ourselves, you guys, because seriously, it gets us so fired up. And one, <laughs> one is the nice one where you actually sent your person to us and we send a really nice note back. And the other one is basically the sums up like, by the way, we're really happy to be getting your patient better. Really happy to be doing that for you. See you soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, like maybe that should have happened a long time ago. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Right. Maybe it would have been nice <laughs> if you had told them about us. But really, when we talk about physician marketing for us now, we are so far in the patient focus lane. We do want to let physicians know that we're here. And that's what we talk about with our mentees at least sending out enough of an email blast, enough of an actual physical mailing to let them know that you're there, especially if you're just starting off. So it's not a patient comes in and says, hey, have you heard of pelvic sanity? And the doctor says, oh no, never heard of them, right? We want them to at least know that we're here. We send out you know, New Year's cards once a year. We'll send out thank you notes if we do have somebody we're coming back in with, but it's just not a main focus. And then we approach them and Nicole can talk about this a lot, so much differently than we would at a hospital or that you did at your last place. Yeah, and we'll definitely, this deserves honestly like a whole nother podcast episode, but I always, now if I'm ever going to meet with a doctor, I am coming at them as equals, meeting them for some sort of coffee or something like that, maybe lunch where I am not paying for them. We are either going Dutch or they're paying for me. And we're talking more about how we can be mutually beneficial to each other's patients and where I'm actually more interviewing them on what type of practice they have because we see a lot of patients that need great physician care that has an interest in that specific diagnosis. And that shift in mindset for me and that shift in mindset for them now that we're coming at them from a equal playing field has been a game changer. Right. So flipping the script from us going to them and asking for referrals to us going to them and asking them if they would like us to refer patients to them because it's really hard to find a good physician in that. Yeah. Specialty. Not even asking, basically being like, we need to know more about your practice before we're going to do that. Like, can we please meet up and talk about, you know, what your philosophy is? So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this has been helpful no matter where you're at in your career and what setting you're in. I think if we had two takeaways and let Nicole, if, if there's anything that I've missed, let me know. But mm -hmm. one is to approach physicians as equals. You don't have to walk in. You don't have to be buying lunch. You don't have to walk in with a whole stack of studies to make them listen to you. You are the expert in this arena. Yeah. And just take ownership of that. I think just take ownership of our specialty would be another takeaway and take that with you as a primary uh, starting off point with any conversation that you're going to have with a physician. We understand 100% that dependent on your setting, you might have to participate in way more physician-based marketing than you would probably care to had you do your own practice. But just if you always think of how much schooling we have and if you take ownership of the doctorate that we have as well, being the neuromuscular and musculoskeletal experts of the pelvis and pelvic floor, 
then we can start to you know rise on those notches of the ladder so that we can meet them as equals in our minds perfect and then the other thing we wanted you guys to take away from this is that man if, if everyone in this field was able to start doing more patient-based stuff in whatever aspect that is right because we get that there's a difference between having your own practice and being able to set your own marketing budget like we can and being in a hospital setting or being in an outpatient clinic where you don't get to make those decisions but just encourage you in whatever way that you can if we are marketing and talking to patients and getting out there we've seen so many pts doing great jobs in the media and being interviewed for stories that even five years ago we weren't seeing pts being interviewed by any of these major outlets every time that happens we are growing the pie for everybody in this field 100 so i would encourage you to think about again no matter your setting no matter your people that you're marketing to to think about how you can be building the education of patients about our specialty because as in pelvic pt rising a rising tide raises all ships all right guys well thank you so much i hope you enjoyed this podcast today on marketing and tune in we will see you next week